Most VCs, at least the good ones, want to be fair. They want the right amount for their investment and they want the team to remain stoked and motivated to push the ball forward. Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Boulder. We're on to a new building block for the next few weeks, one that I like to call our adventure adventure. Since a super majority of the listeners, thank you to all of you, I'm always super appreciative, are entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs and investors, it only makes sense to have a couple episodes about my favorite topic in the whole world. No, not puppies, venture capital. So let's get after it. for nearly 15 years now, and I simply love it, but not for the reasons that you probably think. Sure, venture capital is sexy. Raising money from wealthy individuals and institutions, finding the coolest companies on the cutting edge of virtually everything, investing in them, growing them, and eventually, if all goes right, selling them and making a boatload of money. Who doesn't love that? Okay, those reasons are pretty cool, But what I really love about venture is that it's the most beautiful economic development vehicle. Venture capital is where most new industries and jobs are born. Think about it. Big corporations are always seeking to find new technology and new ways to cut cost, i.e. your jobs. And small businesses like the florist or local pizza shop, all of which are the lifeblood of the American economy, can only have so much presence in each town that we have. Example, there can only be so many pizza shops that one village or town can sustain. So you always think about if one new pizza shop opens, if that one's going to succeed, the other one probably has to close. Meanwhile, the primary driver of new job creation is the creation of new industry. And the lifeblood of industry creation is the marrying of venture capital and the entrepreneurial spirit. So there's a ton of misnomers out there about venture capital and venture capitalists generally. So the rest of this pretty brief episode is a crash course on how venture capitalists make their money and kind of how that impacts the founding team. But in order to understand what moves a VC, you first need to understand how in the hell they make their money, right? Venture capital firms raise money from investors, which they then use to invest in portfolio companies. Each venture firm has its own investment thesis that it seeks to satisfy with its investments. So if you're an insure tech business that's approaching a firm that only invests in life sciences, you're wasting your time and you're wasting theirs. So do your research and know your audience before you spend too much time doing this outreach that's just going to prove to be a colossal waste of your time as an entrepreneur that you don't have. VCs get paid in two ways for doing their jobby. The first is the management fee. VC firms get paid a small percentage, usually 2 to 2.5% of the total capital commitments of a fund annually. There's some additional nuance there, but for the sake of simplicity, let's roll with it. Example, if a venture fund is a $100 million fund, they have a 2% management fee. They have $2 million a year to run their organization. And from that, the partners, associates, and other staff, as well as general fund management office expenses, et cetera, get paid. 
the bigger the fund, the more the management fee. I think that an additional takeaway here, though, is this. Just like entrepreneurs are managing their teams, so too do VCs have a team that they have to manage. And then they also have to support and field questions from all of their portfolio companies. They have to help find them capital, help make them connections, review new companies to invest in, understand new industries, maybe raise new funds. So it's no wonder that they're not always the most responsive bunch. Okay, so you just got to be patient with them too. So anyway, the management fee pays VCs day-to-day bills, but VCs don't take on tremendous stress and risk for their management fee. No, no. They also get carried interest. So what in the hell does that mean? Well, there's several models out there for how VCs get paid, but one of the most common is this. VCs seek to exit companies for a profit. Duh. (laughs) But when a VC fund receives a distribution, dividend, or liquidation payment from a portfolio company, they first repay their investors, called LPs or limited partners, 100% of the amount that they've invested to date. I should note here that LPs invest their capital over time when it's called by the venture fund for investments. So if you've ever had a VC tell you that they have to do a capital call, they mean they need to get the money from their LPs to give it to you because they don't have a capital call line. So that's sometimes why you might see a little bit of a lag. Anyway, VCs first repay their investors the amount that they've invested. Next, every dollar after that, for uh, that that comes into you know the fund from a distribution etc 20 cents of that every dollar goes to the vc firm or general partner and the lps get the remaining 80 cents on every dollar so you can see why they want you to grow 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 right because your growth equals growth for them too well growth of their wallets anyway so now is probably a good time to address some common, you know, misnomers. You know, most people think that VCs want to come in and run your business. So they give you crazy terms that you can't meet. And then when you don't, they swoop in and they take over everything you've worked for. Eh, <laughs> hey, wrong. VCs have their own firm to run and they don't want to run yours too. In fact, most want to know that the team, you, are, you know, are appropriately incented and resourced to grow the business because if you win, they win and their investors do too. And the best VCs, I'll say this, provide you with more than just money and connections to run and grow your business. They provide you with tools to best take care of your team and the executives so no one burns out before you've even begun. And they genuinely they genuinely care about you as humans. So find those VCs out there if you can, because not all investment is created equal. Which brings me to misnomer number two. (laughs) I know that no one believes me here, but VCs do not require reporting so that they can keep control over what you're doing. Sure, they want to understand how your business is doing, but you have to remember that they have an obligation to their investors to tell those investors how the totality of their portfolio of investments is doing. So when you get what feels like a crazy request, remember, it's likely the VCs, you know, just seeking information, not being nutters. It's their need to report out that's driving it. That said, listen to your gut. If you have an investor with ridiculous requests, be sure that it's someone that you really want to be engaged with for the next half a decade plus, because investments are like marriages. 
And we all know how easy those are, don't we? Third misnomer here is that you should raise capital at the highest possible valuation and, and push that on, on the, the venture capitalists. Not necessarily, right? Particularly you early birds, pre-seed and seed. I know you believe in your business and you see it as the next magical unicorn. And maybe it is, okay? But let me caution you. VC investors want the right valuation, not necessarily the highest or the lowest, though naturally they benefit from, you know, somewhat of a lower valuation. VCs are driven mathematically, at least the ones with half a brain are. They're investing in a company with a target ownership in mind, ownership percentage in mind, not just for this round, but over time as well, because they too understand that there's going to be more capital needed, there's going to be some dilutive effect on them. So this means they certainly don't want too high of a valuation because if everyone is wrong, investor and entrepreneur, we have to apply what we call anti-dilution provisions, and we've got a hell of a problem for everyone. Entrepreneurs are getting hyper-diluted in that scenario because the investors, they effectively get put back to the place that they were when they put their money in, in terms of percentage. So that's got to come from somewhere. So it comes from the hide of the entrepreneurs, okay? But the VCs are also pissed that this has happened because the company hasn't performed. And they also don't want too low of a valuation because no one wants to come across as a shark of a VC because it actually hinders the ability to attract follow-on investors. Most VCs, at least the good ones, want to be fair. They want the right amount for their investment and they want the team to remain stoked and motivated to push the ball forward. Because again, they don't want to do it for you. Lastly for today, this is less of a debunking of a misnomer and more of just a helpful life tip. <laughs> Investors don't want to see you pitch or review your deck sent without context or consent through LinkedIn. VC remains a relationship-based game. That means for most deals, they're sourced or shared from trusted sources. Now, I will put a caveat here. This is also part of the reason we have a diversification problem in terms of gender and ethnicity and venture, but that's for a whole nother episode. We, we don't have time to go into that right now. <laughs> so if you randomly slash awkwardly and semi-desperately send your deck to someone through LinkedIn, it screams, you know, desperate, but it also seems possible. It seems like it, you might be crazy. So most of us are prohibited from opening untrusted attachments from unknown sources, which is still you just because we're connected on LinkedIn doesn't mean we actually know you. Okay. So instead of wasting your time spraying and praying on LinkedIn, be more targeted, do outreach to you know, your contacts, get that warm intro and maximize your chance at bat. Whew, okay. That was a lot of learning for one episode, but like we said in rule number nine, ABL, always be learning. So tune in next week where we're going to go a little bit deeper and even farther down the path of our adventure in venture. Thanks for joining. And until then, remember, don't just be bold, be bolder. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Insta at BeBolderCast or visit our blog at TheBolderLife.com. If you have questions or suggestions for me, leave me a message at 